there. Welcome to the Self-Care Without Sacrifice audio experience. We are sharing how to make self-care the antidote to self-abandonment so that you can stop feeling exhausted, burned out, stressed out, and finally put yourself at the top of your priority list. I am Heather Dumas. I'm the host and creator of this summit. I'm also a healthy lifestyle strategist and self-care without sacrifice is my jam. I'm excited for you to hear this interview. So here we go. Okay, we are back for another interview. However, it's a little different because I am the one being interviewed today. We are flipping the script. I have my good friend, Wendy, who is the creator of these awesome micro audio summits. And she is going to be my, I don't know, host or interviewer. I'm your interviewer. (laughs) Interviewer. (laughs) I'm the interviewee. So welcome, Wendy. Thank you. I have the power in this interview today. (laughs) Let's dive deep into this because this is a, this topic can be very high level or we can really get into kind of the weeds. And the topic is all about how we conquer mom guilt and embracing our imperfections and prioritizing ourselves, for goodness sakes. And you have taught me so much about this. So before we dive in, why don't you give us the high level story of how you got here and specifically like what you do? So I started teaching group fitness about 12 years ago, and I started it mostly because I didn't like any of the other instructors. And I complained to the woman who was in charge. And she's like, well, why don't you teach then? (laughs) So I did. And that kind of started the ball rolling and everything happened similarly to that, where it was not my plan. It was never my forecasted plan. I went to school for business management. I was not really planning on being in the fitness world at all. And after I was juggling, my daughter was one. At that time, I think is when I started or or maybe just before she turned one. So I'm juggling a newborn. I am juggling a toddler. My son was a toddler. Plus, I was still working full time in restaurants at night and then not seeing my husband because he we worked opposite. So we didn't have to pay for too much daycare and, you know, just kind of running on empty. I was trying to do all the things for all the people. And even if I hadn't been working nights, I was still exhausted. And I figured out that what I needed to do is take care of myself first. And so I went down this journey of trying to figure out how my body worked and what the hormones are all about and all these things. And it ended up with me getting a personal trainer certification, a nutrition certification, a behavior change certification, because, you know, I'm an overachiever and I have to do all the things. (laughs) And, And really going down every rabbit hole that there was on all things health and wellness, whether it was nutrition, hormones, exercise, sleep, all the voodoo, woo woo stuff like meditation and energy work. And I just really dove down every single one of those rabbit holes multiple times (laughs) and all in an effort to figure out how to not feel like shit while I'm trying to take care of everybody. I just was like, this is not okay. I refuse to accept that motherhood and life means that you're just exhausted and you're stressed out. And that's, that's just, I refused. So Then I started talking to women at the gym about it and helping women at the gym. And it just kind of snowballed from there. What's interesting. And as we start to dive deeper into this embracing imperfections and prioritizing self-care, there's something that you said in there that I think a lot of women, especially career women, women that maybe hold a job. I know I'm an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur, but still we work with women who also maybe work for somebody else. But you said something that I thought was interesting where you said, I didn't like any of the other teachers that were teaching at the gym. So I decided to basically take that on. 
And I think that women do that a lot, whether you're like a type A go-getter commander style, or even if you're even a little bit more like chill and relaxed, that we have this this idea, this true idea that it's like, if we want it done right, we probably are going to have to do it ourselves. And so this, this idea of imperfection is really, really profound. And I know like sometimes talking to you and, you know, we talk frequently and I see my reflection in you a lot is that we both, even though we know we need to embrace imperfection and sometimes done is better than perfect, we both are still like, oh, it's not quite perfect. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's kind of an interesting thing is this conundrum that we all have where we want it done right. And so we all often feel like we have to do it ourselves. But sometimes, and I've said this before, a solid B plus is good enough. A solid B is somebody else's A. So, you know, as we think about this prioritizing self-care, I guess the first thing I, I we should define is what is self-care? Yeah. And it's a word that's getting just beaten right now. Like so cliche just, right now. I'm like, I've been talking about this for almost seven years. This is not new, but now it's like everywhere, right? And it does get lumped into a lot of different things, whether it's bubble baths and pedicures. So for me, self-care is doing the thing that you need, giving your body what it needs. So need, not want. Need, not want. Yes, need. And if you think about if I'm in a care for someone else, I'm taking care of a baby. What am I doing for them? I'm giving them what they need. I'm taking care of a five-year-old. They may want candy, but what do they need? They need sleep or they need milk or not soda or whatever, right? So for me, what does my body need? My body needs good food. It needs rest. It needs exercise. It needs sunshine. It needs quiet. It needs calming. And it also needs high intensity, crazy workouts. So self-care to me gives your body what it needs. Interesting. So it's not necessarily about what it wants or what you want. Oh, I want a manicure. Oh, I'd love to go to the spa for a day. Self-care is really deeper. It's about what you need. And that can be everything like you said. And I love the example that they want candy, but they need a carrot. They need a nap. They need water. They don't need junk. And sometimes we forget that, that we try to pass off what we need as moms. And Interestingly, I'm a mom of a 17-year-old. He doesn't really need that much anymore. He drives. He can use the microwave. I mean, it's all good, right? And that even gives me guilt, right? Am I, am <laughs> yeah. I doing enough? Should I be forcing him to eat better at this stage in his life? What are the things that I'm not doing that I should be doing? I'm, I'm still like guilting myself about momming being pretty dang easy for me these days. Yeah, right? yeah. And also... I keep thinking about this. Okay, but what do I need? And the big question is, how do we prioritize those needs, those self-care needs? And that can be even something like a shower. Sometimes you just need to take the damn shower. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting because I think as moms specifically, we just naturally want to give of ourselves, right? Everything I can do to make your life better, basically, as my child. In doing so, it's like a no-brainer for us to be like, oh, I'll just, I'll just stay up a little bit later. I'll just get up a little earlier. Oh, I'll just skip lunch. 
I'll just eat the last few chicken nuggets on their plate and the last few bites of their mac and cheese and chase it down with some goldfish crackers because that's what they had and that's what's closest and I don't have time to make myself a big fancy meal. So I'll just eat the leftovers. And there's nothing wrong with sacrificing for your children so long as it is temporary and or 100% necessary. What I mean by that is my daughter just turned 13, so she's old enough to get a gym membership. That's what she wanted for her birthday. She wants to come with me every day. I'm super excited. I'm proud of her. I'm like, heck yeah. You know, most parents have to beg their kids to to work out and that kind of thing. My kids want to do it on their own and they want to come with me. However, she's never worked out before. She has no idea what she's doing. That means that I have to show her, which means now my workout turns into basically a personal training session for her in which I may get a few reps. (laughs) And I was telling my husband, it's like, I'm so excited to teach her and I'm so happy to do it. But man, is it cutting into my workouts? (laughs) And that's my time, right? And so I'm like, oh, I feel guilty because I'm annoyed, basically, that she's taking away from my gym time. But then I'm like, feeling guilty because I shouldn't want to, I shouldn't feel bad about it. And then I feel guilty because I'm not working out as hard as I should be, should in quotes marks, right? So then it's just this like snowball of guilting and shitting on myself and just being, just being mean. When I had to just pump the brakes and say to myself, she is only going to need to learn this once. She's only going to be 13 once. And so for the next two months or whatever, however long it takes her to find a groove and to learn how to do these things carefully and safely and correctly, I'm going to have to step back and that's okay because I know it's temporary and I know that I can still get my own workout in. And if I need to go to the gym longer then I need to go to the gym longer. That's an interesting example because, well, for one thing that, that happens to me frequently (laughs) where my, my brother, my workout partner, my brother brings his 11 year old and neither one of them know what they're doing. So I have to be their trainer and I love it. And then I leave and I'm like, wait a minute. What happened? I didn't get a workout. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be sore tomorrow, right? Yeah. And we do that with every single thing. Like if I'm in the middle of watching a TV show and my son walks through and wants to start talking to me, what do we do? We pause. Everything we do is geared towards taking care of their needs first, like you said. And we want to do all that properly for them. We want that to be perfect for them. We want to be the perfect mom. It's not possible. It's just not possible. No, it's not possible. So how do we overcome this pressure to be perfect for ourselves, to balance it, to take care of them, to show like self-compassion to ourselves and also be helpful? Like when your kid wants to start going to the gym with you and you're like, this is great, but. Yeah. (laughs) I think the biggest thing is just accepting that we are human. I often refer to my my audience and my ladies as super women because they are, we are. However, we are still mortal. We may think that we <laughs> are superheroes and we may, you know, be able to accomplish a lot of things and maybe more than some other people can do, but at the end of the day we are still human. And because we are human, we do make human mistakes. And I think it's just picking your battles. Where do you need to be perfect? Where does perfection really matter? Is it perfection in the work that you do? If you have a massive presentation or you're going up for promotion, you need to pretty much perfect whatever it is you're doing that at that moment, which means you're going to have to not be perfect at being the mom that's the homemaker that has fresh baked cookies for their kid when they walk walk in the door from school. 
And I'm not saying that any of us do that anymore, but in our heads, I think we still have that image of, oh, I should be home and I should be present for my kids. And well, maybe not. Maybe you need to stay at work for an extra two hours tonight and they need to fend for themselves because they are 17 and you can use a microwave. You know, <laughs> is that it every day? Again, it's looking at, is this a long-term thing or is it temporary? And if the temporary turns into all the time, for example, you're skipping dinner and you're coming, working late every single night forever and ever. And and fast food has become the norm. That's when we have to step back and go, okay, whoa, maybe I should aim for a little bit more perfection in this area and take away some of the perfection in the other area. So a lot of people talk about this, this concept of like work-life balance, which I'm not sure if, if anything can truly be balanced. I always think of it more as like harmony and what you just described. Sometimes it's going to be you're in the harmony of you spending more time doing work because something's important. Sometimes you're in more of a flow of the family because, you know, your child is in a growth phase or they're having some emotional issues or they just need mommy to be around more often, right? Regardless of their age, right? You just need to be there. And sometimes it's okay to be like, yo, dad's cooking dinner tonight because I need to go to the gym or I need to go do my yoga class or I need to meet with my my own psychotherapist <laughs> or whatever it is, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I think that, that the harmony of the ebbs and flows is where people get, especially women, get a little bit like off kilter because they're always trying to make things like balance out. Like I'm, I can do this perfectly and this perfectly. And I find that sometimes if I'm trying to balance things too much, I'm actually not moving at all. I'm not doing anything because I'm stuck. Work-life balance is a very triggering term for people. And balance for me is a triggering term. And it's, and it's not to do with anything with this world. It is because I'm also a ski instructor and I am a regional examiner. So I train ski instructors on how to teach. And I cannot handle when people tell me to balance. Balance, do, do lateral balance. It helps me balance. What is balance? So I go down this rabbit hole because balance is not a noun. It is a verb. And it is something we can't be in balance. It is not a place. It is a verb. It is something we do. And so in order to balance, so if I want to balance on my left leg with my right leg in the air, I have to change things. I have to move, right? I have to adjust. If I want to be a good mom, then I need to adjust because I'm moving more to that way. So when people say, oh, I don't like we're like balance. Well, to me, I'm also a Libra. Okay. So scales are my sign. And when I think of balancing, I think of those scales going up and down. They're not always balanced. The scales are never balanced. Sometimes it leans a little to the right. Sometimes it leans a little to the left. Sometimes you lean toward work. Sometimes you lean toward mom. Sometimes you lean toward being a friend or a parent or a a cousin or a whatever. When people get upset about that, I agree. I like the term harmony too. But I think there's there's harmony in balance. If you just think of balance as a verb and not as a noun, <laughs> you're not going to be in that place. And like you said, if you stop moving, you're going to be out of balance because balancing is constantly adjusting. If you're like going back to the standing on one foot, if I'm trying to stand on one foot, I can't just like hold still. I'm constantly making little tiny adjustments forward and back, side to side, making sure that I stay balanced over that foot. That is really good because it reminded me, as we're, especially since we have a little bit of like a fitness mantra going on here, one of the things that 
I was doing yesterday was I was standing on a bozu ball, which is one of those, it's flat on one side and it's domed on the other. And I had the dome side down. So I was trying to balance and I was teaching my nephew. And it's all about as little movement as possible, but it's all about making those adjustments. It's not really about not moving. It's about making the adjustments. And that's exactly what you just made me think about. Like if I bend my knees a little bit more, my core might have to do this. Maybe this is all really about the mind fuck of balance of those tiny adjustments and getting those right, right? It's frustrating because you're like, okay, I finally got everything right. Life is good. And then somebody throws up. Okay, now the yep. scale's good. <laughs> Wakes up from a nap with a the heat fever. Yeah. Or, you know, oh, everything is going well. And now, oh, shoot, I have, my boss just called me in for an emergency meeting and I think I'm going to be toast. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. So now all of a sudden everything is out of whack. And I think if we just realize that we're never going to be in that perfect place for very long, you may find that balance. <laughs> but then somebody's going to add another brick to your load. Somebody's going to take a, one off. Things are always in flux. And so you just have to be, and that's where what I help my clients do is be prepared for things to go sideways. If you are constantly reacting to things going sideways, you're constantly stressed out, your heart rate's constantly high, you feel like you can never catch up. But if you give yourself time for your self-care and you get yourself in a good place where you can take a punch, you're gonna keep on rolling. But if you don't get yourself prepared for that, they're just the punches are gonna come, they're gonna come, they're gonna come, and you're gonna be constantly trying to get back up and not being able to throw one yourself. Well, also like what you just said about like, you feel like everything is perfect and perfectly balanced. Yes. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, you take the kid out of the car and you forget to close the door. And the next morning your battery in your car is dead. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then you're mad at yourself and you're beating yourself up because you did something wrong. And it's like, actually in the big scheme of things, you just need to make a little bit of an adjustment. So I love this idea of like, work-life adjustment versus work-life <laughs> balance. And that's where I think maybe, just maybe this perfectionism that we all feel and experience and need to constantly be over overcoming almost is this idea that we're going to blow it. And it's perfect now. Don't move. You're going to blow it, right? Whereas really it's like everything's great. And even if the battery car is dead, everything is still great. Everything is great and easy. Even if you have to work late and you you have to ask your husband to order a pizza, everything is still great. So maybe it's just more about us letting go, like you said, of perfectionism and trying to keep it all perfectly balanced and just, I don't know, embrace it. Yeah. I mean, I'm a control freak. I don't think that'll ever go away. <laughs> I know people try to release that. I'm not going to try to release that. I'm a control freak and it just is what it is. But I've learned that there are certain things I can control and certain things I can't. And understanding that whatever's under my control, I'm going to do the, to the best of my ability. But there are so many things that are not under my control that can cause my life to go sideways in a hurry. And it, that just is what it is. So with all those things that we can't worry about because we just don't know, and with all the perfection that we want, but we'll truly never have. And with all the times that we could be happy when we're like beating ourselves up, how do we stay motivated to prioritize our self-care and accept these little micro adjustments that we need to be doing when our schedule is so busy? It's kind of like you got to 
get through it. You have to grind it out until you can show yourself why it's worth it. So for me, I have my morning routine takes me about an hour and a half. I do not get up at 5 a.m. to make that happen. I get up whenever I have to get up. Sometimes it's 5.30, but that's only if I have to be out the door for some stupid reason early. But that routine didn't start that way. It started as five minutes of meditation a day. I would get up and I would make myself do it, even though I did not know how to meditate. I thought I was too high strung, all the excuses everyone has. But I was determined to figure it out. And so I got up and I made myself figure out how to meditate five minutes a day. And then it turned into 10. And then it turned into more. And I'm not saying I meditate an hour and a half, but but I did it and made myself do it because I knew it was good for me, but I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> there's that word again. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. You did it because you knew you needed it, even if you didn't want it. Exactly. And I didn't want it. And some days I still don't want it, but I know how much better my life is When I spend that time in the morning, gathering my thoughts, drinking my coffee in silence, listening to the birds, my life is just better. So now when I don't want to, when the alarm goes off and I don't want to get out of bed, I think, yes, you do, because you love this and it is going to feel awesome. So just get your ass out of bed and let's do this because I need it. And I've, I've told this story a thousand times, but the one time in recent history when I, for whatever reason, didn't set my alarm or whatever, set it for the wrong time. I don't remember what it was, but I didn't get up on time. I woke up like 15 minutes before I had to be out that door and ran out the door. I was going to a networking thing. I walked in. Aaron's like, whoa, you look like a hot mess. What's going on? <laughs> it's been a morning, right? And people could tell instantly that I wasn't myself simply because I got straight out of bed, scrambled and ran out the door. Not, I didn't sit and drink my coffee and relax, right? So I didn't come in with my normal energy. Well, then I went to the gym to teach my class and realized I didn't have my gym bag, didn't have my microphone, didn't have my music, none of it. All because I freaking got up and ran out the door. So I think about that all the time when I don't want to get out of bed and when I don't want to do that thing, because like, oh man, that one time when you didn't do it, Life was pretty rough. And it just, the whole day snowballed from there. Like it didn't stop with the gym class. It was like the whole day just went to hell. I'm like, I should just go back to bed and pretend it's 6 a.m. and we will start over again. Yep, exactly. (laughs) The thing about that is, is that like you said, then you just have to kind of like reset and accept like, okay, today isn't in harmony. Or I, it's going to be really hard to make those micro adjustments all day because I already like kind of screwed it all up first thing this morning. and I. I do this sometimes when I think about my my water intake of all things. Like we need to be drinking water. It's not a want. I don't always want to drink water, but we need to. And sometimes I'll get to the end of the day and I'll be like, crap, I didn't drink enough water. And then I'll say to myself like, shoot, I'm just going to start over tomorrow. And then I think to myself, why don't you just drink some now? Like you don't have to catch up. I don't have to fix what I didn't do right. I just need to make an adjustment and move forward. Yeah, exactly. Well, the other thing is, if you're thinking about standing on the BOSU or standing on one leg, if you make a gross movement, a massive movement, you're off kilter. So, and just like when you're driving and like the car is spinning on ice, if you overcorrect, it causes even more problems, but you make these minor little adjustments, just a little tweak here, a little tweak there, and you can keep yourself 
balanced or the car on the road. Right. Interesting. So I want to talk a little bit about kind of like the nitty gritty a little bit, because all of this is great, but some of this is feels a little bit esoteric. So since you're a health and strategic lifestyle coach that helps people truly get their act together, not just mentally, but physically and on, and all the things, how do you help your clients? Like, what does that actually look like in the context of like being in a program with you? So I have a group coaching program and it is a three month program, 12 weeks, and the cohorts are small, five, five ladies or less. And we start at the beginning. We start with what does life look at like for you right this minute? And we know you want to lose that proverbial 20 pounds and you want to whatever, but like, really, what does your life need right now so that you can have that? So we go through figuring out what their body likes to eat and doesn't, meaning foods that cause inflammation or not, or bloating or whatever, because that's not normal. If you get bloated after you eat, there's something wrong. (laughs) What kind of exercise they do, if they do any already, what they like to do and what they actually need. Again, not what you want, what you need. I know a lot of us who grew up in the 80s, 90s era, we want to do endless cardio and eat salads because that's what makes us skinny. But actually what you need to do is lift weights and eat protein because that's what makes you stronger. And so we look at their their food, what their body likes, what it doesn't, their exercise, what their body needs and what it doesn't, their sleep, their hormones. We do a full blood panel and I have a provider that goes through their hormones to make sure and not just the basic stuff, like the deep, important stuff that your normal provider probably glosses over. And then we make a plan together. We make a plan for what to eat and when to exercise and when to sleep and how much water to drink and all these things, but we do it step by step. So it's not all at once because those of us, again, who want to take it on and do all the things perfectly, we go, okay, I'm going to exercise three hours a day and I'm going to eat, you know, 900 calories a day. And we try to do it all at once. And we try to go way too far and make that big adjustment that ends up knocking us over as opposed to these little adjustments. And that's what we do. We make little steps, little changes. And the most important thing is that we figure out how to structure your day and your week and your month so that you come first, you start your day out calm, cool, collected, fed, exercised, whatever you need, so that when you go to the car and the battery is dead, you're not already so stressed out that it causes you to blow a gasket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You're walking in and you're like, oh, perfect. But I can handle it. I mean, when we walk around in that, in that constant stressed out, frazzled, all it takes is somebody cutting us off in traffic and we lose our minds, right? Our, our kid or our, our spouse looks at us wrong and we're like, you're blah, 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 and we just like lose our mind because we were already on the brink. And if we give our bodies what they need, food, exercise, sleep, all that stuff. Then when somebody cuts you off, when your spouse says something wrong, when your kid argues with you, you don't completely explode. So what we need to wrap this all up is we need (laughs) a self-care routine, whether we like it or not. You need it. You need sunlight. You need exercise. You need good food. You need water. You do not need wine. You do not need cookies. You do not need all these things that we give ourselves to soothe. That's your binky. We don't need a binky. 
an actual like bottle with food in it. I love me some wine too, but you know. The adult binky. (laughs) Mm -hmm, The adult binky. You put it in your mouth and you suck. (laughs) And you feel better. (laughs) But it doesn't fix anything. It doesn't fix anything. No, it doesn't fix anything. So, okay, tell us, what's the next step? So they listen to this. They've been listening to this amazing micro audio summit. They know that they need to have self-care. They need it. It's not a want. It's not a massage. It's not going to the, you know, to get your nails done. All those, those things are fun and you can want those things and that's perfectly okay. But at the deeper level, what, what's our next step with you? So after this, everyone is getting a complimentary ticket to a workshop called Mind, Body, and Me, the ultimate self-care workshop for ambitious moms. And we're going to spend an hour together, interactive, live, not a pre-delivered webinar where you just tune in while you're driving. This is actually like you're going to turn your camera on, (laughs) unmute yourself, and dive into the conversation. And we're going to figure out what the first steps are for you. Where do you need to start? Obviously, what I do in 90 days with my clients, we can't do in one hour, but we can get the ball rolling so that you can start to make some minor adjustments, not big ones, (laughs) minor adjustments so that you can begin to find that balance, that harmony, just that peace. Awesome. I am so excited for that. This interview has been totally eye-opening for me and it has reminded me so many things that I forget on the daily as a mom, as a business owner, as a wife. And so the me part of this conversation has been so, so impactful for me. Thank you for allowing me to interview you. Thank you for sharing all of this amazing knowledge with us. I know that this is going to really hit deep for a lot of people in a meaningful, positive way. So I'm really looking forward. I hope everybody signs up for that workshop, Heather. Thank you so much. Thank you for being my interviewer. Wow, that was so inspirational and informative. And I'm definitely going to be taking some of her advice and putting it into action right now. Now, for you, make sure that you visit and download the gift that she has offered. You can get it on the show notes or on the speaker page that you should have in your email and hopefully bookmark so you don't lose it. I can't wait to hear how you've used it and the insights that you got from this interview. Don't forget to share them with us. And thanks for listening. 